and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a swab up the nose. Oh, that is not pleasant. Why, why is it not pleasant, Alex? Oh, because I've, ha- I've had a couple and they were both unpleasant. So you've done your COVID test. I have. And did you revise? Did I revise? <laughs> <laughs> did you pass? <laughs> I did that uh, joke last week off no, air. You did that joke last week off I wrote air, it and you said you were going to bring it back, and you did. And, and I caught did. off guard, didn't you? Yeah, no, it was good. It's a good joke. It's a really there you good go. Joke. It's a good joke. Like I'll that. do it again next week. I like that. Do that again next. As long as just, I... in case of, <laughs> just in case people missed it the first time and didn't appreciate exactly how good a joke that was. There you go. Yeah, but no, no, I didn't. I just sat sat in a chair, and somebody uh, stuck a huge cotton bud up my nose, which doesn't mm-hmm. sound that bad, but it was really, really long. Yeah, exactly. I, it's the kind of thing where they they bring it out, they bring it out of the plastic, and you just kind of think, "I'm sorry, you're going to put that where?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm picturing like a penny whistle, like whoop. You know, like no, in the, the old carry-on yeah. films. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, on the plus side, like it was, I feel like it was quite informative because I had no idea my nasal cavity went that deep. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It went all the way back there. You've got all little, the way back little, there. Little Japanese bogey still fighting World War Two. You know, they've told they. I've been told. I've been told as a very young age that the nose is connected to you know your wind windpipe and. All that and it all joins at some point, but I didn't believe it until somebody stuck a huge cotton bud down there and let's just let's start just... scraping around trying to find some COVID. It's a long cotton bud. Let's just say your bum has never been cleaner after they stuck it all the way down. Oh yes, oh yes. I should provide. <laughs> I should. I should. I should it revise went all the way through. I should revise the um, the entire last conversation. To say that when when we say nasal cavity, we really mean anus no i'm saying it's that long it went all the way from your nose all the way out the back all right i thought we were just being euphemistic no, no just like a pipe cleaner just like some like some, like some sort of cartoon oh it's gone off to a silly star we it? we had lunch as well which was quite nice it was quite nice for lunch because you're obviously you're deep in the heart of rehearsals yes very exciting and that's going well is it it is going well yeah i mean that's what i had to get my covid test for because yeah, obviously obviously sort of. theaters are one of those environments and it's one of those workplaces where you've got you've got to go a hundred percent the extra mile to Quite make right. to yeah. make things covid safe which means everyone's getting at least one covid test every week mm. Mm. and yeah. uh, just to make things extra extra safe for cast crew and obviously the audience who are mm. going to be uh going which i believe you're coming do, to do, one of them do, do we have to do a covid test no you don't have to do a covid test oh christ that's thank god for that because I, I would not. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't could make. They couldn't make theatergoers get a COVID test. It's like, yes, the tickets cost this much, and you must also have a <laughs> yeah. COVID test. God. Must line up in an orderly fashion. I know the show doesn't start till seven thirty at night, but your only time slot for the test is at eight thirty in the morning. So make sure you're in town. In town, exactly. But we went for lunch. We had a nice working lunch afterwards, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we did the usual. You know, he turned. He turned up, and he says, you know, we walked into the KFC. He walked up to the counter and you know he's, yeah. he turned to me and he said you know don't worry i'll get this one yeah and, you know, and he turned to the lady and he went two boneless buckets please and then two he bon- turned to he turned to me and he went what, what do you want because <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> and the lady behind the counter she was la- she laughed she did and she laughed 
and she, she did. I did she, splash she, out though because I did yeah. get you some popcorn chicken as well. She, she kept laughing. Um, we assume she's still laughing. Um, I mean, yeah. it, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, Alex had finished the first bucket before the St John's ambulance people got there. Yeah. Um, it was clearly sort of a breakdown on her half, and and I, we wish her all the best in the hospital. Um, you know, it was it, there was a lot of laughing that was going on, and so yeah. <laughs> oh my days. We are a music and movies podcast, and each week we will talk about some of our most nostalgic memories of some of our most favorite music and movies growing up. And this week, the two of us stumbled across it. This this was like this was like finding a time capsule in your garden. I'll be honest. Because, it is a hundred percent like that. It's a hundred percent like that. You and I watched this movie for a week because. We both had this on DVD. I mean, your family, yeah. I remember you you guys all were big fans of this growing up with sisters and, you know, musical family. So yeah. this was a huge, this was a huge spectacle. And I think Greece. my... Greece. by the way, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and my my mum really liked this movie. And I remember we had the DVD of it. And so when you were young and, and you had like a DVD player in your room, like that was the that was the be all and end all. So I had a DVD, no TV, just the DVD. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you can you, you can hear the disc whirring and you're you're singing along going, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Just just that situation. But oh man, this this film and the amount of facts that I have for this is because the deep dives on deep dives, like I, I I don't, there's so much information. Well, I think it's one of those pop culture movies that's just going to be forever in the zeitgeist. Like yeah. Greece, Greece, Greece is the word. Yes, exactly. Greece is the word. And it, and it's just been so big and so famous for so long that everybody knows everything about it. Every, yes. every, and everything, everyone wanted to know everything about it. This is one of the first DVDs that I think... I and certainly we as a family actually indulged in watching special features, and we saw yeah. um, and we saw making of and behind the scenes of things like the school dance oh scene, my God. which which is such a sequence. Oh I want to save that God. for when we actually get to that yeah. bit because yeah. it's brilliant. I for, I just forgot how extra this whole film was as well it's insane it's absolute insanity and i love it and i don't remember be remember it being that insane that's a really good point you make so so that's the first thing i'm going to say to you is is you we were messing so you messaged just after i'd finished and i was at the beauty school dropout scene when you finished and we were kind of i took a photo and sent to you but i i forgot or i just as a child didn't know this was a comedy movie yeah and so I watched it and it was earnest. And so my, my all my thoughts of Greece are it's a movie that takes itself seriously. And there's a couple of points where it takes itself seriously. Yeah. But by and large, watching this as an adult, it feels like I'm watching a parody of something that I watched when I was younger. Absolutely. This it's feels weird. It's it, so weird. It is weird. Greece was always in the same conversation as these other let's say greatest musicals of all time yeah you know like sound of music or yes. singing in the rain or, or singing, i was gonna say singing in the rain probably most likely yeah and it was always in in those kind of conversations put alongside those movies yeah. whereas i watched this and i was like this is airplane it is more airplane you're right I'm it like, is this is airplane this is silly shit <laughs> 
Well, and to give you my first fact, mate, though, this, but, but to, to give it its dues, for a while, it was the third highest grossing movie of all time behind Jaws and A New Hope. Unsurprising. Unsurprising. You know, the amount of money this movie made, it was mental. I wonder at the time if it was John Travolta's star power. I've got a really interesting fact on John Travolta's star power about this movie. Well, because Saturday Night Fever was before this. It was. And Saturday Night Fever was enormous like that was an enormous smash but he signed up for this before saturday night fever interesting yeah so i've got some really interesting facts on that and how he threw his weight around on set um john travolta i tell you what like for his career out of this movie in saturday night fever because there's a lot of crossovers yeah really really interesting um Let's just get into it. Let's just go yeah, through this so. movie. Let's just go through this movie piece by piece because I think we're 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 itching to go. Definitely. Do, do you want to start about that sequence, the beach sequence? The beach sequence. Okay, so what is this what is this parodying? Oh, uh, yeah, it's um this is the second airtime I'm going to mention airplane. Yes. Because airplane parodies spoofs this, yes. this scene, but didn't airplane come out before Greece? Yes. Uh, yes. So it is. Oh, okay, I ge- I genuinely can't find the movie that it's it, it's a par it's a parody of. But yeah, you're right. I know I know it is a par I know it is a parody of one of these ones. But I, I didn't have many facts. That I just love the I just love the cut. I love the clear cut of. Do you think this is going to last forever? Sure it is. And then it just cuts. Yeah. I think it's a really like it's a really intelligent sequence because it is it does take the piss from itself. It does. It does, and it, it does. It, it sets up the the two characters of uh, Danny and Sandy really mm. well, and their mm. relationship. Because I feel like if you were just told all that stuff at the beach, and then you saw Danny as he is at school, you'd never believe it. No, of course, like not. you'd think he was an absolute tool. The Australian accent threw me. It did. I don't remember the Australian not accent being that strong. I mean, she's very, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in Sandra D. She's so angelic. Yeah. Uh, but I, and and actually, which is quite funny. I love the music as well on the beach sequence. The kind of the the operatic. Well, no, exactly. Music. But then that's another thing that they do yeah. in, that they do in airplane. Yes, and yes. I want to know where it music. comes from. I know, I know, I know, I know. Me too. <laughs> I know. I can still hear it. Yeah. So we were chatting a little bit before Greece. Greece is the word. Now, yeah, I, I was. It's it's Frank. We were both right. So you were saying Frankie Valley, and yeah, I was saying Barry Frankie Gibb. Valley. Um. So it was written by Barry Gibb. From the Bee Gees, because I've heard the Bee Gees do a, a like on the Bee Gees albums, they sing this song. Oh, cool! But for the film, you're absolutely right. It was Frankie Valley, yeah, who did this one. I I would go so far as to say I know it. I know it's a early time to be giving titles mm-hmm. and awards, but I think this is my favorite song of the movie as a song. It is a great song. It's it a is. really great song. It's got a it's got a different groove and a different style to it than the rest of the songs because the rest of the stu- the rest of the songs are are all quintessentially 50s rock and roll yes so and I, I was listening to like the 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 core band and instrumentation of all of all the songs throughout the movie and they're quite it's quite simple it's not over over orchestrated at all and Greece in the title sequence is way more bass heavy yes and yes. it drives much much harder and i, th- yes. I feel I, qu- I quite like that 
And it is, a, I, I would say, it is a more complicated song. I think a lot of the Bee Gees, I, the Bee Gees are great. Yeah, if you aren't listen, they? The Bee Gees are, the, I think they, they've obviously had, you know, Staying Alive and stuff like this, which is what they're famous for. You know, as you say, bass. I mean, they're known for that famous bass line, yeah. Bomb Staying Alive. Yeah. But if you listen to some of their, there's some cracking, so, you know, like George, what is it? Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie. And uh, what's, what's the other one? I Started a Joke. And all of these just great, epic songs. They did Barry Gibb. He's awesome. Oh, I, yeah. I really no, like, he's the such Gees a great, are, Gees great songwriter. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. And then they play it again in the end credits, just to confirm, because it's like, and I think it's a great song. I think it's it is. Really, I think really it's really good. What do we think? What do we think of the animated opening credits? It. I really like it. I think it's. I. So what it did for me when I was growing up, I loved it because I thought it was really funny. Seeing all the characters in animation, thought it was really good. Watching it again as an adult, I liked it more because it it throws all the little pop culture icons in yeah and it felt like a little music video and it it this was the first time i said the phrase now i'll say this again now and i'll say i'll say it again you you could probably get away with releasing this movie in 2020 Ooh, I, think I don't you know could. about that no i think you could if you tweaked a couple of points there's yeah. obviously a couple of points the misogyny elements of this and the kind of rape culture yeah take <laughs> take, take that but seriously though take those things out right you know turn turn up some of the turn up some of the 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 camera filters and actually i guess clean up the audio a little bit and then maybe just overemphasize some of the jokes this movie could be released in 2020 right and the first the first indication i have for that is this sequence because it is a 70s film taking the piss out of a 50s film yeah so it's so it's a throwback homage exactly yeah which it was um, at the time as well, but it, that would still work now because we, we're very much interested in those movies now. And, and I want to just, be, but I want to just be so clear when I say this, right? It's because Maddie and I, and I think you, we touched on it at the start. When I watched this as a child, I didn't know it was a throwback. My mind, as as a, as a like as a youth watching this movie, I watched this about stupidly now recognizing it i and i guess there's no real indications if you're a kid watching this i always thought is this a movie set set in the 50s about the 50s or is this a movie set in the 70s about basically when i watched this i had no real concept of like vintage and time no and i'll be honest you're not the only one i would hold my hand up and say that as well that's what i'm trying to get at and that's the unique thing about watching this as an adult is you go oh that's one time taking the piss out of another time and it's not one conglomerated time frame yeah exactly and and i think and that's that's the point i'm trying to get at and i want to be clear about that which is why i say you can probably get away with this in the 20 in in 2020 yeah absolutely absolutely there's there's a few there's a few political incorrectnesses Oh, for sure. Uh, I've got one of the one of the one of the points being rule number one of the dance is only boy girl couples. (laughs) Yeah, I watched that. We went, ooh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Too bad, Eugene. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And then there's obviously Kaniki. Now, what summed Kaniki up for me as a character is, and 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 it it ties into because the first thing that we Maddie and Maddie and I watched this together, and we were surprised at how much I was surprised at how much she watched of it. She loved it as well, like rewatching it because she said she wasn't going to do it, and then she just got sucked in. Brilliant, and love that. And it was the phrase when they're all stamping the time clocks in. And the the I guess she's the peach teacher, but she's also the mechanic. I don't understand that one or the. Well, nurse. yeah, they they had uh, shop class 
Oh, I see. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, so they cool. were they were doing up the car like in school as part of their like class. So oh, that's pretty cool. That's I, quite I'd cool. Like I've done that. I would have taken that class. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's. She says Kaniki's been here longer than I have. Yeah. And I think then it's joking the fact that yeah we get it these guys these guys look old and he uh, but he's also been held back so many yeah. years no but this is, again but again this is another point of that that is a little nugget that I only picked up this time watching I yeah. is a little it's a little thing that I didn't know in all my previous watchings or didn't appreciate. Yes, exactly. But to, to, to break the fourth wall for you, mate, so most of the principal cast were well past their age in high school when filming began in June. So Stockard Channing was 33, so I think it was Rizzo. Yeah. Um, Michael Tushy was 31. Jamie Donnelly was 30. Annette Charles was 29. Olivia Newton-John was 28. Barry Pearl was 27. Jeff Connery, 26. Dee Dee Conn was 25. John Travolta was 23, believe it or not. 23? Yeah, exactly. My Dana uh, Manoff was 21. Kelly Ward um, and Ezzy Dean, 20. And Lorenzo uh, Lamas was the youngest, was, ni- was 19. Um, but J- Jamie Donnelly, so that was who played... Fran, I believe the one with the the the, the black hair with the, the the bunches out the yeah, side. Yeah. She prematurely had gray hair, which she dyed black to play Jan, and her hair grew out really quickly. So the roots had to be colored daily with black crayon. Brilliant. So it shows just how old all these people oh, were. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, I th- I I think it was I think it was great, and you know we I think there's a couple of sequences where it lo- the hair looks terrible in Sandra D for her. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Did you like the national anthem? The national anthem? Of the school. Sorry, the school school anthem. No, the school anthem. When they put the intercom. As I go traveling down. Oh, yeah. As they're doing the school. Because that kind of comes back as a reprise. Yeah, it does. No, it's good. I like that. I like that. It's kind of like very American high school. It's something that... It's something that... It, it's it's a culture that I saw a bit of in the States when yeah. I went to university because obviously it, it's a very similar culture of supporting sport uh, sports. And essentially what the principal said is that if you yes. can't be an athlete, athlete. be an athletic, athletic supporter. supporter. Yes, I know, I know. I, I watched that because as a kid, I, I, I think that's another thing that you, you take for granted, even as a child, even if you can't delineate between the timelines, a lot of it you go, it's just America. It's just America. Yeah. Like, you know, growing up in the UK, you yeah, go, you what, are they, what are they like? America. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's little touches like that. You know, like the pep rap. So even even as we were watching it last night, I was like, I turned to Maddie. She's from New Hampshire. I'm like, what's a pep rally? Yeah, what, goes, a, what is a pep rally? Well, she goes, it, it, it's it's to kind of just get everyone spurred up for the big game the next day and stuff. And it's where they can all go and, you know, they give speeches and... And I'm like, wow, that's yeah, burn effigies. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny as well. We were, we were, we had to pause the sequence a few times to be like, who's that? But it's obviously one of the the gladiators, and it has grill the gladiator. So the opposite team, grill the gladiator, grill the gladiators. God. Yeah, I love that. I love the little. I love the fact that they're all going absolutely bananas. But but at some point, very early in the scene, it is explained that the team have never actually won anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all still going absolutely mental. Before we talk about the pep rally, though, we've missed a crucial song. And yes. it starts in an interesting way with Putsy. And this is one of those main, mainly problematic sequences. 
kind of like worming his way down the bleachers trying to look up girls skirts absolutely what is that you're gonna watch it you go Oh, yuck. <laughs> this hasn't aged well, has it? Yuck, no. <laughs> no, and I, I reckon at some point that would have been a, oh, boys, what are they like? Yeah, kind of, exactly, kind exactly. Of Whereas now, you'd just be like, that that boy, that boy's expelled, probably going to jail. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, And then you've got some of the infamous phrases. So, Summer Nights. What, so, watching this again, I love this song. Yeah. And it's I a timeless it. classic. It, it's a timeless classic. But when you watch it from start to finish and you watch all the... And that's another thing we'll get to. I didn't even recognize when I was younger how incredible the choreography is. Yeah. And Summer Nights introduces you to that. And then obviously the prom takes... And, and Grease Lightning take it one step further. Yeah. But just all the all the guys dancing on the bleachers as, you know, the shoe pop out and he's doing his hair yeah, and they're all shuffling along. I, I was just like, this is great. And, the, it is. and it's even little things like the way that the camera pans around. It's not, it's 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 an intelligent movie, even for the late 70s. Yeah. In, in, in the angles in which each of the cut back and forward. So you've got the, the high angle, the high angle camera that swings down as they're watching the guys shuffle across the benches, it cuts to the girls low, and then the guys are even lower when you've got Kanicki down, like, screaming his guts out, yeah. and, and Danny's in the middle where all the guys are circled around him. And I'm like, but they're very intelligent shots yeah. for a musical movie. Yeah. And, you know, like, I quite like camera work, and I, I'm interested in that sort of stuff. And I did a bit of research, and that is, it's ahead of its time, a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, but but it does bleed into some quite serious stuff. Obviously, the ending where they both appear on the screen, and it's kind of like a moment of harmony and a moment of, but you know they'll never never see each other again. Yeah, type um, thing. And, or and, will and, they? Or will they exactly? Yeah. And it, and, then, and then you kind of and I think it's quite a sledgehammer to the fact that like obviously this could never happen. Like so it's it's like you know they meet somewhere in the in the summer or they meet in the beach somewhere. You don't know where this beach is. Well, but it's like. Look- I I I felt that that this was actually more plausible than I used to th- used to think it was. Yeah. Because the the school quite clearly is in California. Very yeah, yes. Very obvi- obviously. And I would go so far as to say Los Angeles, the, no, great, you're, the greater you're, Los Angeles area. You're absolutely right. So it was originally supposed to be set in in, in Chicago. Um, but they a lot of the primary filming was done in LA, so they switched the narrative. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, uh, and I think the most obvious landmark to give that away is obviously Thunder, Thunder Road. Road. Thunder Road, yeah. Thunder the Road, Chevys. because I, I've played enough GTA in my time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To know, to know the to know those little waterways. You know what? Yeah. You, you know, you know what I'm saying. So. And obviously, we know California's on the coast. There are beaches in in California. I mm. I think this is a this was probably more local and more plausible than maybe we originally thought it was. Oh uh, yeah, you're probably right. Actually, yeah. Just on the summer nights. So the phrase there's one problematic line in there. Do you know what the problematic line in that song is that Ooh. gets picked up? I think there it's was. When... I think there were. I think I. I think I noticed a couple, but I'm blanking at the moment. Okay, so there was a there was a cup there was there was there's one and a half problematic lines, and the reason there's a half problematic line is it was changed from the musical, um, and I'll tell you what the original is. Um, 
and I'll, I probably won't say the final word in it. It's a, pro, a bit of a rude word, I guess, in context. Oh, but God, really? the, oh the fir- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the first problematic line is, "Did she put up a fight?" So Kaneki just throws that oh, yeah. line in there, and you're kind of like, "Cool." Oh yeah. <laughs> and there, there, there is even a par- I think like College Humor did a, a parody on this of like, "Whoa, Kaneki!" Like, and he and and then they kind of go a bit further. He goes, "Did she pull a flick knife? Did she? Did she? Did she try and <laughs> run for help? Did she try and scream?" And all this sort of stuff. Oh my and it's God. like they, they make a parody. The other one is when Rizzo, so Rizzo says, because he sounds like a drag while she's reclined on the bench. Yeah. In the original musical, she doesn't use the word drag. She sounds another word that sounds like drag or rhymes with drag and it begins with an F. And it's like, oh God. Really? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh my like, days. And you're just like, wow, you could not get away with that right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm also surprised they had the... um they had the foresight to actually change that because I, I also wouldn't have been surprised you know no. with the if they timing of this in, movie is if they yeah. actually kept that in can i can i ask you some questions mate so what's your thoughts watching this again as an adult talking about rizzo kaniki and then danny so it's it's registered quite early on that rizzo and danny had a thing yeah and then you have this character leo from the scorpions who looks in his 80s <laughs> Absolutely. and then you have and you have chacha and i've got a fact on this somewhere and i can't be scrolling down my screen to get to it but because i, I want to know your thoughts there's a lot of love triangles in this and yeah. there's a lot of pre-assumed love and again watching it as an adult the two characters that kept coming to the surface is actually quite um quite deep deep characters was was rizzo and kaniki well first of all rizzo and stalker channing might be my favorite performance of the movie yeah she's fantastic and i love stalker channing and she actually this is obviously the the biggest thing globally that that she's been in but there's one other there's one other thing that she's in and she's absolutely fantastic in it and that is the West Wing, which we've talked about oh, on the podcast okay, yeah. before. And she actually plays the first lady. Oh, interesting. Abby, cool. she, uh, the wife of uh, Martin Sheen's president. Sure. And she is just as fiery, just as feisty, and don't and don't fuck with me in that mm. as she mm. is in this. And so it's really it's really cool to see that kind of through it. You know, maybe she was typecast a little bit, but yeah. you know. A lot of actors are. The whole, the whole thing of I think they've all got deep seated, like they all have really deep seated feelings for each other. Like you can tell. I don't know. Watching this, I think this movie is more intelligent than I than it thinks it is. I mean, even like the the pregnancy scare piece, and obviously they 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 throw that in there, and then they they joke around afterwards. But little stuff, and I think they try to lean into this more. So the sequence where she throws the, the milkshake on. Kaniki. Yep. There was a there was a fight sequence that was filmed before that that kind of explained why they were in a bad mood. But a lot of the cast have gone on record to say that it was removed because it was very like Scorsese esque fighting. Like it was really, really quite a dark yeah what quite a dark days? sequence. No, I I think so. And was it like a was it like a gang fight between them and him and the Scorpions or something? No, no. I think it was a like a deeply problematic sequence between you know what is considered a lot of rape I, i'm gonna say rape culture like the, there's a lot of rape culture that's sewn through this movie and i i can't help thinking that some of some of it was quite aware and some of it was not and there's a couple of phrases you know like i'll give you 50 cents for the for the car and your girl you know yeah. when he, he, he's, you know little phrases like that and you're like oh there, there's something there's something here i just don't think that and i think the final edit of this movie 
doesn't do all of the characterizations and all of the interplay between the characters. Like even like between Rizzo and Danny, yeah. they had a thing. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I'm not into sloppy seconds. Sloppy when seconds he leaves. And style. it's just like, yeah. you watch it and you're like, God, there's something all here. And the whole Danny then had a thing with Chacha. Yeah. And and, and it's, it's all a bit, it, I don't know. The whole thing made me quite uncomfortable yeah, actually it's a watching li- it again. It's a little bit incestuous. Mm. how closely it, it's all linked and I also, also with them um, with danny and rizzo as well there's this really awkward line where, where where he says bite the weenie riz where yeah, yeah, he's yeah. literally just saying suck a dick yeah yeah and it's yeah like, yeah what oh okay <laughs> i also loved it when the scorpions show up at the pet rally and one of the one of the three stooges like they're they're modeled after the three stooges was it donnie putsy and sunny oh, sunny and sunny sunny putz and doody 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 that's yeah. it and one of them pulls a, a toy gun and then kidnicky in the background pulls a flick, he has a knife, flick knife yeah <laughs> just like cool okay nice. somebody's like, gonna get somebody's <laughs> gonna get wet and somebody's gonna get stabbed <laughs> Yeah, there was there was clearly not a decision that was like that was just brilliant. Sandra D's fun. Yes, look at me, I'm Sandra D. Yeah, very. I don't fun have many notes. I don't have many notes about this. Uh, this song. I, I think there is a lot of trivia and facts, but there wasn't a huge amount of interest. I just I think growing up, this was one of my favorite songs. Really? And yeah, I think I I always thought it was really funny. I'll because... be honest. I'll be honest. I was. I was the person that didn't like any of the girls' songs. Yeah, yeah. No, I and for like, no other reason than because they were the girls' songs and I wanted the boys' songs. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But you can't help. But then straight after that, you've got Hopelessly Devoted. Yeah. Which I also, I know all the fucking lyrics to that song. Everyone knows I, the lyrics to everything in this movie. That's, that's oh, what I'm saying. It's just one of those movies. Even that, well, I tell you what, I, I, I contradict you because there's two songs or two or three songs that show up in the kind of just bef- like maybe like the three quarters part where I had no idea these were even in the film. And I think it's because growing up, I always used to fall asleep at a certain chunk of this movie and then wake up at the end. Right. Yeah. I, I can't say I, I ever fell those. asleep in this movie, but there were there are definitely numbers in this movie that I skipped through that i fast yeah. that i fast forward okay through. okay we'll get and get to... hopelessly devoted was one of them because i was just like is it really yeah oh i love this song yeah. i think it's really great i like well, i loved it... it now i didn't skip it now <laughs> but I, I love it because like she's not devoted to danny like i don't know why she's hopelessly devoted because she's barely like by this point in the movie she had met him once um and i also think it's really funny because well no they had the, the summer in the pad yeah no of course yeah but actually like re-met him again right, after yeah, the yeah. summer and she goes well therefore i'm devoted and i like how it kind of finishes in a paddling pool with it it's just a bit weird yeah little pond um, little garden pond yeah, a little, a little, no it wasn't a garden pond it was a paddling pool that's the funny thing of it you would assume that would be some sort of like water feature but it, they've clearly just went short like why do they have a paddling pool in the back garden there i don't think they it's did have a paddling Rizzo's pool in the house. back garden no it was it was it's a it's a it's a children's inflatable paddling pool. no no no. i know i know i know that but what I'm saying is that might have been a decision that was made late on, and so it was yes. like, I think this, I think this scene in this song would be better if there was water involved. Quick, somebody get a paddling pool and a hose. Alex, can I tell you now, you are bang on the money, mate. Really? Yeah. Get so in. Here, here's my fact. So, hopelessly devoted to you was written and recorded after the movie had wrapped, 
Olivia Newton-John contract for Grease stipulated that she should have a solo song. However, nobody had any ideas for a song uh, for her to, to for her character Sandy uh, until Olivia's producer uh, John Farrer uh, Farrer came up with "Hopelessly Devoted to You" halfway through the shoot. Director Randall uh, Kleiser wasn't wholly convinced by the song at the first and had to come up with an entirely new scene to fit it in. And it was eventually filmed and recorded after the movie had wrapped. Um, and it earned the film's only Oscar nomination. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, there's, so a, there's, you're, there's you're, something. You are, you are bang on the money, Get mate. In. Now, the next one I have on the list is, of course, Grease Lightning. Oofed. The title track. Now, I'm going to sneeze. Now, what's your thoughts on this one? Well, my thoughts on this one is... That when I was younger, this was def- apart from Greece with Greece, the opening number, which is my favorite song in the movie. This is my second favorite song in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with a slight caveat that we'll get to later. But I love, I love Greece Lightning. I love all the guys working on working on the car. I love the car fantasy sequence, and I love the snap back from the dream car to the yes. piece of shit car that they're yes. all posing on in the same way at the end of the song, going, "All right, guys, let's get to work." And so, yeah, I love all that stuff. What I don't love okay. is is the fact that Danny's singing it. You are. Why I'm is so happy? I'm why, so happy you're bringing this up. What, I'm so happy. It's Kanicki's yeah. car. Yep. What is going on here? So, basically, when I was telling you about uh, John Travolta, and we talked about Saturday Night Fever and his influence on the movie and throwing his weight around. So, basically, Grease Lightning was supposed to be sung by Jeff Conway's character, Kanicki, as it is in the stage version. So, everything about this is Kanicki's song. You're absolutely right. John Travolta used his clout to have his character sing it, and director Randall Kleiser felt it was only right to ask Conway if it was okay at first, and he refused, but he eventually gave in. So basically, John Travolta went, I'm doing this song. Yeah. You're okay with this, aren't you? Jeff Conway, he is... uh, I can't help thinking that he... He not only doesn't look great in this movie, because his character is inherently flawed... Greece really took a toll on this guy, right? And and I think that this is, it's the point that we're talking about here. I think is a it's a bookmark. It, it's a bookmark into the tragic story of the character of Kanicki and Jeff Conway, right? Um, you know, because I'll give you a fact here, for example. So so while shooting Greece Lightning, the uh, the musical number, Jeff Conway was accidentally dropped, and he and he hurt his back whilst he was dropped, and Conway started taking painkillers. Um, now, anyone who knows the sad story of Jeff Conway, eventually uh, this led to him starting to abuse prescription drugs. Right. Um, and this spiraled into drug addiction until he died in, in 2011 at the age of, of 60. And so, like, there's loads of just little things. Uh, his character as well, he he was he was known on set as a lovely, lovely guy. Um, a, lot, a lot of the cast and interviews and stuff have gone on to say just what a wonderful guy he was. Um, but he was cast as this sleazebag. Um, so, so like, but he was he was also just a very troubled character, and I I, I think I think as a point to, to raise from this, the reason that that whole thing you say about this should be Kaniki's song, yeah, I watch this again and I'm like, 
oh god he really got the rough end of the yeah. stick from every part of this yeah. from because every part i did this. know that it was supposed to be Kaneki's song in the stage in the stage show in the original song because yeah. i've seen productions of the stage show and it's Kaneki's song and i feel like the movie has irreparably damaged the song because obviously john travolta and the song and the movie is much more famous globally yes. than the stage show so the, the auto i feel like the automatic assumption that i had growing up was that it was danny's song the whole time yeah, yeah yeah and then i and then when i saw it on stage i was then disappointed that that danny didn't get the song even though obviously yeah. it wasn't john travolta it was just some yes. random and yes. uh and no no it's yeah. a really good point you make it's a really good point you make and and as i as i say like you know you're a, you're absolutely bang on the money it, i i think to talk, talk i mean to talk about his great points it's a fantastic fantastic song regardless of who sings it because it is an all cast ensemble piece and whilst danny obviously sings the main lyrics and is the front man for a lot of it the iconic dance routine they go and they put their hands across yeah. the mean and, and, and the hand up in the air and stuff i mean that's that's an iconic yeah. dance and all of the choreography about how they're all dancing over the car and the bit where they've got the grease and they're doing it through their hair. Yeah. I was watching this whole sequence with a huge smile on my oh, face. Oh, it's brilliant. It, it makes you so it, it makes you so happy. But isn't it very interesting that our that this movie like transcends generations? Because the, again, this is our our parents' generation movie, right? So you know, mm. this is this is your mum's movie. This is my mum's movie. You know, yep. All, yep. all that kind of. Stuff. But isn't it interesting that it resonates down to us and our generation? Because I've I I know I've been to like house parties, yeah, where songs from Greece have turned up, have have been put on, and everyone yes. just starts singing it and so, so going another, absolutely bananas. Another fact: I don't have it written down here, so I can't say it word for word. But basically, in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, the, the 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 music for Greece was re-edited into that kind of Greek, you know, that Greece supermix that we all yeah. know and love. So it was that was re-released in 1998, and that kind of gave a lot of the music a resurgence. Ah, interesting. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's another reason why, and you, because I know that really, you know that really well. How the I can even hear how Greece Lightning changes into Summer Nights. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Do, yeah, do, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? I like I, mean. I, in my head, I can hear that. Yeah. Um, anyway. The next song on my list is Beauty School Dropout. Yes, hilarious. I was laughing hysterically throughout. It's a brilliant song, isn't it's it? It's a brilliant I, I, song. And it's and again, I'll be, you know, I'll hold my hand up in shame and say that this is one of this again, another one of the songs that I skipped. Oh, really? This, I used to I love this I one. I fast-forwarded this one because I was just like, yeah, 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 whatever, yeah. Frenchie, yeah, whatever, you know. And I used to kind of think that this was a kind of a pretty boy fantasy yeah, uh, where she just had this super good-looking man, Angel, just sing her, sing her a song in fantasy. And I never took the time to listen to the lyrics. And the lyrics yeah. are brilliant. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. I've actually, I've actually got some here. Do it, mate. Do it. Uh, some highlights. Unless she was a hooker. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, at least you could have taken time to wash and clean your clothes up after spending all that dough to have the doctor fix your nose up. Nose up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. What? It's brilliant. What? And again. <laughs> 
well, they couldn't teach you anything. You think you're such a looker, but hooker. no customer will go to you unless she was a hooker. Amazing, amazing. And I was like, where were all these lyrics? Why didn't yeah. I hear any of this? It's absolutely brilliant. It's it's so tough love. Do you know it was originally they 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 asked Elvis Presley to do that role as the as the singer? Oh, yeah, that yeah, would yeah, have yeah. been legendary, wouldn't it? I know. Of course, it would have been. Of course, it would have been. Yeah. I also didn't realize it was all the main cast who were singing. So like oh, obviously I the angels that. that come in at the end. Oh, I never, and I was only rewatching it again. I recognized Rizzo's face yeah. and yeah. Jan's face and all the characters. I don't think Sandy or Danny or Kanicki are in it. I, I maybe I No, the them. main cast, it's the, it's the supporting cast. Supporting, as yeah, you say, yeah. the Stooges. And especially uh, Sun, Sunny Putz and Doody as the Doody. angels going through the angels. end. And they've still got their converses on their feet. <laughs> Which I, oh, which I love when they're that, flying that, across. They've still really got funny. those black high tops. <laughs> I want to take two minutes actually to talk about um, Didi Khan. So Didi is obviously she plays Fran, uh, one of the youngest members of the. She's wonderful in this, and she, I think she's one of the only cast that actually looks closest to a high schooler of the time. Um, but she, as a as a woman, is is br- she's she's lovely actually. She is because th- this movie changed her life, and she's one of the only people who. She did everything. She this movie meant the world to her. She was in all of the uh, all of the the sequels, and I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about the sequels. She was the only one who was in all the sequels. She wanted to be in the stage play. She even hid under a security guard's desk to sneak a peek at the script before her audition. This th- this movie was her life. Wow! And so watching this again and watching her her wee face and everything in this, you go, that is that is a woman who is having so much fun in her professional career and i love watching yeah that. and 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 knowing all these little facts and stuff really i love her yeah, character really lovely. because she she is having such a great time so that that's a, a fun fact next we have the school dance brilliant take it away Alex. brilliant Go well my caveat from earlier which was grease lightning being my second favorite song is actually not true because Born to Hand Jive is yes, such yes, a yes. one is such a banger of a track. It's yes. this and Greece and Greece are the yep. two tracks that I think I would listen to on like on my phone. Like yes. out and about. As as if I was listening to a track of music, I want to listen to a song. If it was gonna be Greece, then it would be those two songs. It'd be Born to Hand Jive and and Greece, the title track. But the dancing is insane oh my in, goodness in, in this thing and i i remember again I, I said greece was one of the first dvds that we bothered to watch special features of mm-hmm. and i remember very very clearly them talking about the dance sequence that you know when the movie came out everybody thought that they had you know sped up the sped up the footage yes yeah, yeah but yeah. it but it actually wasn't the case they were doing all of that live all of those dance moves live and i also i heard reports saying that like that it was one of the hottest days of filming you're absolutely right so they had to have all the doors open so this and the 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 sequence at the end with the fairground uh it got to 104 degrees fahrenheit yeah. and people were passing out left right Absol- center yeah. apparently for heat stroke yeah no i've got other facts about that as yeah. well but I, I yeah i i absolutely love it and damn john travolta can dance 
Oh, they, they all can. They all can. I mean, the the woman who plays Cha Cha as well. Again, she she was amazing as well. Yeah. The the two of them at the end. But you watch it and you go, I want to be there. I wanted to be there. Yeah. I kept saying this to Maddie. Like that just looks so much when they're all smiling and waving on the TV and they're all saying, Oh, there's you know so and so. There's so and so on the TV. I'm like, There's Danny and Sandy. I'm like, That looks so much. It fun. does, doesn't it? It looks. Uh, so my fact is, the band uh, Shanana. Yeah. Uh, had six songs on the 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 soundtrack for this, and they were obviously the band. Uh, so basically, Shanana, or as they're called in the in the film, Johnny Casino and the Gamblers, yeah. was a retro duop uh, group formed in 1969. They came to fame performing at the Woodstock Festival in Bethel, New York. Had a popular television series, but were not in the original stage musical production. So a bit of a shame. Oh, that is a they shame. are great. Oh no, they They're are great. great. They are great. There's this. There's a, there's this one shot towards the end of the dance contest, the uh, the hand jive, where I think the singer is on top of the guitarist's shoulders or something yes, and they're jumping yes, up I and down and there's just this one shot and they're like <laughs> they're they're half undressed and they're just going absolutely wild and i don't even it, think and it's very interesting because i don't even think that the it, that shot particularly it, i don't think it lines up with what they're actually singing at the time which is very very interesting because it kind of gives this impression of the whole scene descending into chaos and mayhem you're so you're so and right. and delusion and madness and i really liked that aspect and it's an angle of that scene that i'd never really thought about before to, to to give you an example of exactly what you're talking i mean the editor must have had the time of their life editing this because there's one bit and i genuinely burst out laughing at one of the quick cuts because it's all just quick cuts of chaos it's it's like and i think when i was thinking about it i'm like has someone spiked the punch bowl and then you see uh donnie actually or sunny actually spiking the punch bowl yeah. with it so you kind of go maybe they're all what are you drunk. doing washing yeah. my hands washing my hands i love yeah, yeah i love that washing my hands <laughs> <laughs> no, I did laugh at that. Sonny's, quick... Sonny's one of my favorite characters. He is, he's, he got so, he's got. I love that bit. Sorry, he looks forty. He, he does. He does <laughs> look forty. He also look. He also looks a little bit like John Belushi. Yes, well. I thought that but, too. Um, no, but just to keep on Sonny, just for a second, I love that bit when they're doing the line dance bef- in, yeah, in the warm up yes, dances yes. Like the, and the. Like the Okay, and I thought the, you were talking about the Kaylee one, you know, the Acadian strip the willow looking dance. Yes, that thing, yeah. Well. And when yeah. they're going down the middle and the administrator lady is dancing with the jock and she's like, I just I just can't I just like can't keep my feet still, hands still or something, and then behind her, Sonny's just like prancing by himself and he goes like yeah she thinks she's tinkerbell <laughs> and he's like, hiya sonny to, to quote the to, sorry to, to go back to the 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 editors there's a scene where a, a girl is just being dragged across yes, the floor by I one leg it. but she's loving it <laughs> she she's loving it she's and going yeah second, yeah yeah and she's just being dragged across the floor by her right leg and she's just having the time of her oh fuck it brilliant and then and it's followed up by a, an amazing sequence where obviously the blue moon and then the three guys go in there with the jackets they moon the camera yeah which is uh, just hilarious even uh, mooning is i think it's it's surpassed not being funny to being funny again 
Yeah. I think it's so unfunny. It's funny. And it's followed up by the uh, the next day on the intercom. Um, we know who you are, so come forward. And so the FBI don't have to push their federal charges. No, I love the fact that it's, it's this so footage good. has been sent to Washington, where the FBI have experts in this type of identification. Oh, and, there's, and, they, and they're sitting there just going... <laughs> like like <laughs> polishing this car <laughs> and there's also some really problematic scenes like when when Kaniki is pretending to slap Chacha yeah you, you know you're just like all right so that made it in like yeah it's like it is bananas like that it's it's it is almost like they are all on like they're all on drugs yeah the whole sequence yeah. is wonderful it, it it's oh. it's mad because I, I feel like it's uh much more blown up version of you know what was actually going on at the time the time that they're homaging the 50s was kind of when you know these kids were breaking the rules yes you know it, it was it was the time when th that generation really society's rules and kind of tried to break them and do what they want so you had this dance yeah 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 and music Music and jazz and rock and roll were coming were were coming up, and the youth culture was responding to that. And yes, you know, yes. still had couples dancing because that's what you did, but you mm. did it on your rules, on your mm. terms, mm. and the and everything was fair game. And I feel like this scene in Greece really hammered that point home, but ramped it up to eleven yeah yeah that's the kind of impression i get from this and i think it's really really great two songs now i'm going to do them in quick succession because these are the two songs that i i'll be honest i totally forgot were in this the the, the first one is we we have to talk about it and it's the drive-in movie sequence where yeah. danny decides that he wants to grab sandy Ugh. and you're like i don't oh. i don't understand i don't understand this scene it's it's and, and when it, I talk a, about from from a movie per, point of view, I don't understand it, and also from a character point of view, I don't understand it. Either. No, it it makes no it makes no sense, and I I think I want to address the elephant in the room with this, not on the fact that it's it's absolutely out out of order, but I I my theory is that I think it was a piece of its time. I think they thought they were parodying something that you that you could get away with in the fifties and you couldn't get away with in the seventies, but I think that's just wrong and I think it's yeah. just not it's not clear and it actually is muddling the message up even more yeah. of of what you're watching on screen. Like I think it's actually I, I think there's not enough separation from from and there there wasn't enough like the Me Too movement wasn't a real you know a, well, a, of course a, a not. figment. And so things like that weren't in place. So actually I would say a large amount of the audiences watching this thought it was funny, tongue in cheek, that sort of stuff you can get away with. Yeah, and, so, and also they had the mess, and you know, obviously she obviously reacted negatively to it. So there, so there is that, and she she left the car and in a half, and then he left, said, and, and, then, then, and then he says, "What's the matter, Sandy? I thought I thought I meant something to you." As yes. in, like, so this is one of the things that young girls are taught at vulnerable age in school, and that you don't have to show that you care about someone by doing stuff you're, un you, you're yes, uncomfortable you with. And any time a, a boy says something even remotely like that, then they don't care about you. But Not really. 
but they confirm it in the movie because then the, the camera stays with Danny and he's sad and he's depressed and he sings, why, yay, yay. I hate this song so fucking yeah. much because it's like he's crying. The, the why, yay, yays, it's like a kind of like, oh, Sandy, Sandy, and he sat on the seat and it's like, oh, God, he didn't get to touch her boob. Oh, what a sad guy. Yeah, like, exactly. Fuck off. Yeah, like, literally. It really, it's it's it, the worst. It, it, I really hate And he's this like, song. Sandy, you really I hurt me. It. You really I hurt me, it. Sandy. And it's and like, I, what? No, no, I hate it. You're being um, a creep. And then you also have the other song, which I, which is There Are Worse Things I Could Do, which is the Rizzo song following up this. I This is one I used to skip over. I used to fall asleep. Yeah. I, I, I have nothing to say on this song, I'll be honest. Um, I don't mind this song. And I think I don't mind this song because I think Stalker Channing is great. And actually, no, she, I think, she is I think, good. She I think good. she's got some pipes on her as well. Like she's got oh, a she's great very good voice, great yeah. voice as well. And she really bellows at some point, some points as well, which is really, really cool. I really, really like that. I think, I, I think the message of the song reflects a lot of outdated feelings about slut shaming. Yes. For, yes, for a start, yeah. and. Also, oh, it's really bad. It's really, yeah, yeah. it's really bad watching this. It's and... really bad. But also, but I do kind of feel that the movie does actually get it right in that she shouldn't be slut shamed, and that there are actually reasons that she no, that you're she, right. You're that right. she yeah. behaves the way that she does, and this and the song is a bit of a solo because she's not really singing to anyone. This is very much a soliloquy. This is very much a private thoughts mm, sort mm. of song and she's kind of you know despairing at her at her lot in life she's very pessimistic about her future like you know she says she can wait at home for mr right and a life that she just feels like she's never gonna have mm. and that's why she wants to live in the moment now and it's quite sad in yeah. many many well, ways of, of all of the characters out of all of the characters in this movie that translate well on screen today rizzo's rizzo's the rizzo's the only one that you could totally get away with that character yeah. today like she, she's the only acceptable because all of them they're they're all deeply flawed for some reason whether it's they embody the kind of women must go to beauty school and they must be this women must be angelic and don't drink men have to show that they're all macho in front of their men uh, other other guys sorry and then kanicki who's just downright you know just bad egg all over yeah Riz, rizzo's the only character that actually tran everything about her translates really well to 2020 and a lot of the the vibes and a lot of the messages that you come across and you, you've hit the nail on the head there that it, it, it it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to kind of put yourself in situations and not feel that you need to be judged by people or you not to, need to conform to what a woman or should do i i like i like what you're saying actually um yeah and i think i don't know i mean maybe this song doesn't didn't hit me but definitely it's the it's the moment her character has that realization yeah and i you know, I, I like because I she it. jokes about it previously because you know to go back to uh the diner scene very very mm. quickly you know she she does worry she's trying to she's trying to use concealer to like cover up a hickey and one of my favorite lines in the whole movie happens where she says uh i'm coming out of so many hickeys people will think i'm a leper, a leper. and then and then Kaniki says Cheer up! A hickey from Kanicki's like a Hallmark card. Do you want? Which do you want to such a funny? great line. <laughs> Jeff Conway insisted in giving her all those hickeys. They're really? actually from him. Oh yeah, exactly. God. What? Yeah. Come no, on. Serious. No, dead, deadly serious. Oh, deadly serious. that's. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know how I feel about yeah. that. Exactly. Do you want to talk about Thunder Road? Yeah. All right. 
So I've got, a f- I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I was watching this and I was like, ah, oh, this is fine. Like, this is, this this is, is a hallmark. I don't know. Like, this is a hallmark of the 50s. Here's a really funny fact that I found about it. The scene near the bridge after the car's race was filmed in an area full of trash. And the water on the ground was stagnant and dangerous. Some cast members became ill from filming. And during the Thunder Road scene, Annette Charles was an, uh, was in excruciating pain from what turned out to be an uh, ectopic pregnancy. That's why Chacha frequency is leaning against all the cars. No one was having a fun time. It was blazing oh heat. They were That's all rough. in pain. And to stop it all off, the stagnant and dangerous water. Oh. And there's a scene where you see it. Like I remember one of the, I think it's the, the Scorpion's car crashes into the water. Yeah. And you see the, the water go everywhere. Or when the car lands off the jump. Yeah. And it splashes the water everywhere. And you're like, holy shit, that's horrendous. Yeah. Like health and safety. Yeah, my goodness. I do love that slow-mo jump though, because it is good. there's it is a mo good, yeah. because there's a there's a great moment where where the car the hero's car you know have you noticed the black black and white yes yeah yeah horrendous horrendous <laughs> but on the nose isn't it yeah it's a uh, i love it when it lands and it looks like it, it's about to it fall looks to like pieces. it's about to fall to pieces <laughs> and i really really shit. like that i really <laughs> yeah. love that yeah, you've got to think it was deliberate. It's it's actually it's it's really well. I mean, from you know an engineering perspective, I've, I think it's really quite hard to do to make it look like it's about to fall to pieces, but actually pull itself together again. Well, I no, that's I mean, more I of a challenge. I don't know because I feel like I feel like they had an authentic car of the period, and I can't and I, and I can't help but think that the suspension on those cars can't really handle impact landings like that, which but is why a... which is why the shock then gets reverberated throughout the whole chassis and not the shocks no you're right but what i'm saying is there's a point where if you freeze frame the 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 highest uh i guess the point in which the car is completely looking like it's about to fall apart and you freeze frame it you go what's going to happen next you go to someone a random person what happens next the obvious answer is that thing falls to pieces yeah but the fact that it doesn't i think it's quite amazing actually but you know the thing that i really like about it is it almost makes the car a, a character? Yeah, because well, they've is, because yeah, they've yeah. tried because y- you feel like that is supposed to be the case throughout the movie. You know, they had a whole song about the car. You know, Kaneki's whole thing was that he'd saved up money in the summer to buy a car. It's kind yeah. of his whole deal. They're all you know, they're greasers, they're shop boys. Car car culture yeah, is yeah. huge with huge with them, and. When when it, when it lands and you see it all like distort, it, you know the front of the car. It looks like a face. Yes, I think yes, it, lo- yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. looks like a face with like the grill, and it's like a it it's screams. like a grin, <laughs> and it's like oh that character like you know won the race, mm. and, and you know victory, you know whatever. Although can I say, didn't they say they had to get back to the bridge? They stopped short. No, they went under the oh. Oh, probably. Well, no, I think it's the, kind of they just went, well, we assume the Scorpions aren't going to win because he's sideways parked into a puddle of stagnant, dangerous water. I don't know. If I was, if I, if I was him. TMO, are you if, looking for the if TMO? I was, exactly. <laughs> if I was, if, if I was him and I could get the car starting again, I would just very casually just ah, start yeah. driving the tortoise away. Tortoise in the hair. Just hair. start driving away and then go, ah, you're, you're Egypt. 
Um, and of course, then we get to the main message of this movie, which is you have to change for the boy to like. Brilliant. You. Yes. That is the Love message this. of the movie, isn't it? Love it. <laughs> Make sure that you change your personality and how you look. Do you know Olivia Newton-John? It's a very famous fact, and I'm sure you you, you know this one too. She had to be sewn into yeah, those yeah. leather pants. For it's one, the of, whole it's one of those mo- that, that most famous fact, movie yeah. costume trivia things is that olivia newton john had to be sewn into that spandex it was it was um, put on an auction i don't have the full fact in front of me here but it was i believe it was put on an auction and the owner of lycra the brand bought it for nearly half a million dollars half a million dollars wow um because yeah because it was it was because she sandy uh, olivia newton john had it for so long but then to raise money i can't remember what charity it was but it was a good cause um but yeah you're the one i want it was filmed in one afternoon really that's yeah. good. There's a lot of moving, did, a lot of moving parts to it. There is a lot of moving parts to it, um, and then it obviously finishes with "they'll always be together." So I'll, I'll say the 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 fact that I had with this, which is to 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 say again. As I said, it was it was filmed at 104 Fahrenheit. A lot of people passed out due to heat stroke. Also, all the extras you see. That was a competition. So thousands of people entered a competition so that they could be in this movie. Really, and then they were put through this grueling heat wave Mm -hmm. where they were filming potentially passing out potentially being covered in horrible stagnant water although that was the the thunder road but also do you want to top it all off apparently that high school is right next to a pork processing plant and so the whole place the smell smell of bacon apparently was 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 known for everyone there casting Uh, but that's my facts on that and that's really kind of the last facts on the on the i've got a few couple of facts about it but what what's your thoughts on these two songs well, I mean, obviously, yeah, it is, it is very, very famous. And I don't know at what point I really got that it was a bit of a flawed message, the fact that Sandy turns up and she's a greaser chick now and she smokes and she's got, yeah. you know, big, big hair and all, all black and, and you know, stuff, all, yeah. all that stuff. I don't, I, I don't know at what point in my development I realized that that was maybe not the right message. Yeah, but exactly. It is, but it is very, it is very interesting. And it makes you it makes you wonder kind of like what what they were what they were going for. But it's a good song. I it like the song, song actually. Both both of them are great songs. It is a it is a good song, and they do. I I really like the sort of uh, stage production curtain call thing they do at the end, yes. which is hilarious because you like you get you get the extras the the uh-huh, so uh-huh. or the cast as yep. it were they get their sort of like moment where they do like a silly dance and you know you got to imagine they're bowing to the audience and all that and they're saying of course of course yeah yeah and then yeah, you yeah. get then you get the supporting cast the supporting couples basically yes, of the yes. pink ladies and the thunderbirds and yep. knicky and rizzo and then yep. danny and sandy turn up in the dream car and fly away yes what is going on there so we'll get to that, mate, because I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that bit at the end. Just before... In fact, I'm going to flip my two facts around, so we'll raise that now. Okay, okay. so have you heard of the Grease Theory? The Grease Theory? Yeah, so, oh, so Google days. the Grease the Grease Theory. And oh. this is... So, like, I, I think... There's before a theory we get about into, everything. Of course, yeah. Oh. So it's, a really, it's a really famous theory, and we'll be remiss if we didn't talk about it. But to, to answer your question without getting into too much theory about it, it's kind of it's 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 
it transcends taking the piss. It's just like they're flying away because it's all perfect and it's all it's 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 like they're all um, uh, it's all a wonderful and it's a happily ever after because she changed for him and now he's a uh, and I think they kind of talk about how Danny changes for her like he wears a he wears a white jumper at one point and they're like oh yeah. why are you changing over yeah. his usual black <laughs> over his usual black exactly <laughs> but the um the the I I I think it's quite funny. As I kind of, I watch it and I'm like, cool, like whatever. It's a weird ending for a fucking weird film with loads of weird shit through it. But the Grease theory transcends it. So there's there's two. There's a kind of weird one where it's like the kids are all in purgatory. And actually they're a group of, why they look so old is it's they actually are all 50 kids replaying the life of 50 kids. And it's 30 years on. And actually that's why they all look so old. And Jesus. that's why they're all such good at dancing. And there's a kind of, but the more famous fan theory is that um is the sandy theory which is that actually sandy died in the at the beach at the start and the, the lyrics such as i saved her life she nearly dr-. and i've got loads of facts here so it's like arguably the most famous theory is things like i saved her life she nearly drowned or including uh moments such as she she was she was down in the sand so he was giving her cpr and, you know, we got friendly down in the sand because he's giving her mouth to mouth and stuff like this. And then if you look through the movie, there's a couple of other points. I've got a huge long list of of, of things. I can't be asked getting into it. But the car driving away at the end is taking Danny off, uh, Sandy off into heaven because that's her dying and, and transcending into heaven. And that's the, that's the fan theory about that's it. That's so. insane. Yeah, go, go on. No, go that, that, Google that and find is it. batshit crazy. I, I think I like fan theories like this and that that's a that's a really that like that's out there in the zeitgeist like that's a very famous john travolta did actually shoot it down go if you believe this you're 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 smoking crack or whatever it's like he's 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 not wrong (laughs) but but i i quite like it actually and i i kind of want to believe it i think it's quite no i kind of no but like for my own for my own sake i'm like oh but it it kind of makes sense um i think it's quite john what do you know i think makes more sense well they just parodied Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah that, that's it. That that that's the only explanation. <laughs> the last the last fact I have is the sequels. So after a successful first movie, it's a top grossing musical in the US to date. This movie was supposed to have three sequels. Um, however, after Grease Two in nineteen eighty two absolutely bombed at the box office, those plans were cancelled. Do you um, know what? In- what? I've heard that Grease Two is not completely terrible i've heard it's not that bad either i know one of our favorite uh film critics uh, he's a big fan of it yeah. or is it, he's, he's he's a huge fan of it in 2002 dd con so we talked about her she was fr- uh she was um frenchy who just loved it her not surprisingly as well as olivia newton john john travolta were all pushing to have a grease three produced uh, which would have focused on the original cast and characters many years later in another decade like the 70s or the 90s but the movie never got beyond the planning stages yeah right so what could have been what could have been i wonder what would have happened well it was there was also rumors that it was going to be the second one was at one point going to be called summer school because of the the throwaway line of i'll see you in summer school to to putsy or something like this one of the teachers says to him um but that's the last fact i have mate we got through it all we did i I, honestly that was so much fun that was one of my favorite like rewatches that we've done that we've done for the podcast easily me me too mate and it goes without saying it's two thumbs up oh yeah 100 percent. just amazing an amazing musical film the music of this it's it i would say the music will live it has the music has far surpassed the movie yeah yeah 
it'll it'll be relevant for generations to come i mean definitely problematic i think we've outlined the ways that it is that is definitely problematic and dated but i i don't feel like those points are a a detriment to the whole thing as a Mm. as a piece of art and as a piece of history as well Mm. like uh, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic it really is forward yeah let's so yeah you you brought something to moving forward don't you mate yeah absolutely warner brothers announced something very very interesting yes i saw this and they're going to release every new release simultaneously in cinemas assuming that cinemas are open in your area Mm -hmm. and on streaming Mm. on the same day Mm. how do we feel about this I mean, it's it's a re- it's a it's a knee jerk reaction to what's going on. Um, I, I, so it's HBO Max that they're being released on. So I think initially, we, what's the UK situation with HBO Max, mate? I haven't really done my research so, with this. I don't think that I we don't I have it. We don't so have it. Start, yeah. we, for a start, we don't have it. I think when the last season of Game of Thrones came out, that was released on Now TV. Right. So, do so you think Now TV a- might. So it's either going to be released on Now TV, uh-huh. or it's going to be released on like on demand premium purchase is what they're is what they're calling sure, it. Sure, sure. You know how when, when Trolls World Tour came out and when Mulan came out, yeah. yes, they came out on Disney Plus and whatever Trolls was on initially, yeah. but they also came out on Amazon and ah. iTunes at the same time for premium purchase. Or okay. Mulan didn't come out at the same time. I think sure, Mulan, sure, sure. Mulan was just Disney Plus for a wee while, but then eventually it came out on the other play, other, other places as well for a premium purchase price. Mm. So that's kind of what I assume it's going to be like. Mm. And it's very, very interesting because I think you, you and I will have kind of the same opinion of given the choice for like these big releases, we would go to the cinema. Sure. Yeah, I think so. I think but so. But there's a very interesting point in that, and I know, and I know you've felt this. When you go to the cinema, there's always that risk, especially on new release, that you're sat around numpties, and you're yes, sat around yes. people that ruin the. Oh, I, I the, hate this. Yeah, That's yeah. a really good point. That's something I do not miss. Yeah, yeah. That's something and, I do and not miss. They treat the place like their own couch. Yeah, and you know they'll be as loud as they want, and they'll eat as loud as they want, and they'll pause it to go to the bathroom. Exactly, Hun- <laughs> <laughs> all that. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Do you not yeah. think that those people will just stay home? Oh, here's hoping. Here's no, but hope. I think I they don't know. Would. No, maybe because they no because they go out just to annoy you, mate. They follow you around. Alex is going to the four fifteen. We better go and absolutely, annoy him for absolutely. that. No, seriously though, because I think you know. We're annoyed at them because they're not respecting the experience of, <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. of the cinema. No, but it's true. And and they're treating it like, you know, it's their home turf because they take the, 
they, they take the view of I've paid to see this movie, so you know I'm entitled I'm, to do what I don't. Yeah, exactly, whatever. <laughs> but but do you not think if they were given the option to just watch it at home, yeah, they would do that. There's some big movies to watch at home here, though. Yeah, there are some big movies to watch at home. So I think yeah, you, you're actually your point's valid because it's, it's not many movies that will get them to stay at home. But the Suicide Squad, Dune, you've got Matrix Four, yeah, the the Godzilla King Kong one, which that was an interesting one because I think Netflix put a bid in for that. For yeah. Something like a court, three quarters something of a million like that. They wanted to like buy that mental. whole universe yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was mental. No, I, I, you, you're right, mate. There's a bit, and, and it's, and I think it's down to the fact that, oh, and in the Heights, which is the Lin-Manuel Miranda's previous musical, yeah. which they're doing because of Hamilton was such a success. Yeah. No, I, you're, you're right. No, I, I think it I will think, try and keep them at home. I, yeah. And I, so I think that the cinema will be a more streamlined experience. And I also don't think it's bad for the cinemas necessarily either, because, yeah. The way it works, and I was doing a little bit of research about this, is the studios have to request a certain percentage of ticket sales mm. back, right? Mm. From cinemas on new release. If they decide to try and make some of make some of that money back through streaming for people sure, who choose sure. to watch it at home, they now no longer have to charge such a premium to cinema chains for showing their movies so you might actually see cinemas taking more more profit from the ticket sales now obviously there's going to be less bums in seats Mm, mm. but it's a little bit of but it's a little bit of a trade-off and i kind of feel like it's a sign of the movie industry supporting each other like you've got oh i think you're right yeah you're totally right you've got the people making the movies and you've also got the people showing the movies because you could obviously, and I've heard this argument, I've heard people say, well, they could just keep the percentage of ticket sales exactly the same. And, you know, these big mm-hmm. corporations, they're all out to make money and blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but they want people to go to the cinema as well. It's not just the yeah, cinema exactly. owners to go. Um, it's not just the cinema owners that want people in the cinemas. You know, the people that make the movies want people in the cinemas for certain experiences and things like that yeah, yeah so i feel like just the whole delivery of of movies now is just changing and i think the landscape a year from now is going to look very very different and how we consume this media it's going to be very interesting no you're absolutely right mate you're absolutely right speaking of streaming services something else i want to bring to moving forward um even the creators of black mirror couldn't make this year up death to 2020 there is a very brief uh there is a very brief trailer now i don't know if it is black mirror itself but i think it's called death to 2020 from the creators of so i think it is from uh from charlie brooker okay uh, so that that's a that's something that's come up um as a as a as a trailer and i don't know anything about this but i don't know if it's called black mirror death to 2020 or if it's a standalone black mirror type tv series one-off called death to 2020 okay. but I, I do know it's by a lot of the creators and i believe charlie brooker was was attached to writing with it so that's something that i'm really interested in in looking at in terms of tv series coming up the other is that they've started filming kenobi yes exciting love that it is exciting they're filming in boston interesting which yeah which i thought was quite do you interesting. think they're doing it the same way as they're doing the mandalorian which was with virtual sets Here's hoping. It looks stunning. 
it looks as in Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Does. it does yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. it like I yeah, can I, I, I'm looking at it and I love that they've got such confidence in the technology that like immediately when they dropped the first season they dropped all this behind the scenes stuff of how they made mm. it and stuff like that because they're so confident in the fact that you can't tell and I can't tell I can't tell what's a virtual background and what's real well I think all of it is virtual backgrounds but you know there has to be a point where sets and structures then you know become physical yeah and i can't yeah. tell where that line is honestly no you're, it, it you're, looks you're, it does look fantastic I, I i do hope they carry it over obviously then it's it's assumed that this is this is going to be picking up the story after revenge of the sith before a new hope you've got you mcgregor who probably is closer to the age of probably what ben kenobi would have been yeah, around that def- time so, so it all fits in definitely I'm, I'm so excited i love ewan mcgregor's performance uh, of, of obi-wan throughout the movie i love that i i, I love that meme and i'm all yeah. but i love that the reason it's a meme is because he went for it yeah he went yeah, for yeah, the he hello did. there he went for the slightly ridiculous yeah campy um because it's obi-wan's first line in mm. in a new hope mm-hmm, where he goes mm-hmm, and he checks on mm-hmm. looks and he takes his hood down and he goes hello there yeah to the little droid to, to r2d2 yeah, yeah and yeah. i love the fact that he kind of called back to that where he, he he you know he jumps down in revenge of the sith and actually he's talking to a droid there as well because it's general yeah, grievous as well general grievous. there's something yeah. i hadn't spotted before oh. <laughs> hello there and i just i love that as a meme and i think he does a great job throughout all the movies he slightly annoys me in Phantom Menace, but that's by the by. I just don't yeah, like the character I, in Phantom Menace. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not that good. I, I know he is a bit. But <laughs> but the the rumor is that some of the dialogue has already slipped because at one point in the Kenobi series he does claim that he has the high ground. Does he? Glenn? Yeah, no, we again, don't know so, how that ends. So, no, exactly. <laughs> so you know you know shit's about to go down when he's got the high yes, ground. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> and limbs everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think it's quite timely just moving on the last piece I, we've got a couple there's a couple more pieces I want to talk about you know like um, the, the Gal, Gal Gadot she, she, she's just been or rumours are that she's going to be cast in Heart of Stone which is an original spy franchise um, that, that kind of movie castings which I, I'm really interested in yeah. Heart of Stone is a really interesting story that I kind of um, I've heard about a few times and it's, I think she's a great casting she looks like a spy doesn't she yeah I, uh, she, she looks like a spy in that the most conspicuous most attractive person in the room and um, exactly. demanding the most eye attention which is what you there, want in a spy there i also had some other st- there's uh the dig which is a, a famous novel starring carrie uh, the film of being starring carrie mulligan and ralph fines it's a really int- i haven't sent you the trailer of this yet but we can chat about this off yeah, if, if you're interested it's a, it's a really good story um i encourage people to look at it but the last thing i just want to say before we wrap up with regards to kenobi is obviously the sad passing of david prowse um who who was who was darth vader so he 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 passed away at the age of 85 mm-hmm. um now he was he was the not the voice he of course he was um, the physical presence he was, he was the guy he was the in physical the suit. presence that's right yeah, yeah. exactly um do you want to do you want to take this one mate because i know that you've got a little bit more information on this than than i do in terms of, of what he was and who he was as a, as a character uh, as a character actor as well and for because he he loved playing this this he, this meant everything yeah to absolutely he was one of those he he was again one of those members of the star wars cast that really relished the fact that he was part of this huge huge cultural thing and i think his performance i mean for all the credit you have to give James Earl Jones for the delivery of the lines and the menace that that goes mm. into that that makes him 
one of the most feared movie villains of all time. I think you can't take away from the physical performance as yes, well. Yes, you're right. Because he is just so imposing. And obviously the costume plays a part a part of that as well. But you just have to assume that a lot of thought went into the way that this guy moves and mm. how fast or slow he goes and you know one of the most famous one of the most famous bits of Darth Vader's character moments is at the end when he's when he chooses to save Luke from mm. the emperor killing him mm. and unfortunately George tinkered with it on the special edition where you know he added in a couple of no's um when he when he did it he went no no type type oh, type yes, thing in, in the blue yes. in the blue in the one of the most recent that Blu-ray to make editions. It, but that's to make it more consistent with his famous no when, in revenge of the sith no. isn't it yeah that's yeah. stupid as well but yeah, the, yeah. but before that there was just this really lovely moment where you just saw the helmet in shot looking between luke and looking between the emperor and you could tell oh yeah and and there was no nose i know what you're talking about there were no nose and you could just even behind this emotionless black mask you could still feel emotion oozing out of him because his son is dying before him but he's so conflicted conflicted and devoted to the emperor and the dark side of the force albeit in a sort of slave-like manner and Mm. you could still feel the conflict in in that Mm. and to be able to deliver that through just a physical performance behind a mask where you can't even show your face that's amazing oh you're 100 percent right you're I, i that's a really great point you make I, li- I like the, the the chat and the physical performance of Darth Vader because actually, as as we f- move further away from the original trilogy and more Star Wars media is dropped through games and TV series and stuff, Darth Vader obviously does creep up quite a lot. And I think there is a, a huge disparity between his physical performance and the standard Jedi that you see of Anakin flipping around and doing all the tricks. And then he's quite slow and majestic. Yeah. And I think there's even a fan film where they re-edited the fight scene between Darth Vader and Ben Kenobi in A New Hope. And it, 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 someone, because if you look at that sequence, it's just two old men or, yeah. or this, this, this monster just waving a, a sword. Yeah. And, and then if you, and then you're supposed to believe that's in the same universe as them all flipping around and doing tricks and yeah. stuff. But I, I think they kind of started to course correct in, the the newest trilogy especially in uh the uh, force awakens where you kind of they're, they're a little bit more static and, and stoic when they fight the, you know the kind of the choreography of the fight sequence is a little bit more akin to that physical performance yeah. because i guess if you look at the spectrum of the specifically lightsaber fight sequences you have the yoda in attack of the clones all the way through to the other end of the spectrum, which is Darth Vader, when that very dominant stance that he has, when he when he holds that lightsaber, yeah. and you know, for all of its flaws, you're not obviously a fan of um, Rogue One, but you can't deny that they really doubled down in the last five minutes with that amazing. Oh God, yeah, that's Death one Star of the best plans. Star Wars moments out of anything ever. It's amazing, and I'll happily admit that. And. You're right, though. They, they pin it back to the physical performance. Um, but again, n- not to take away from the fact that you made an absolutely beautiful point there about that that look between the look and the Emperor in uh, Return of the Jedi. Because I'd never thought about that before oh, until you said it just there in the pod. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful moment. You are, you are right. That you are absolutely right. 
uh yeah so so rest in peace you you yeah you may rest <laughs> may the force be with yeah. you is that weird to say no, may the that's force be with him uh that's the show i think it is wow what an episode yeah that was fun this was good yeah oh man yeah. it's 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 movies like this and conversations around it that i think we, we take we take back and we go fuck i'm so happy we do this yeah thing. it's great um speaking of next week should we get should we get seasonal let's get a bit should seasonal, we get seasonal yeah. right I'll, which of the I'll two because we know i'll let we you know two I'll, of them. I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick right are we gonna go are we gonna go kind of like holiday movie or are we gonna go full santa claus I know the one that you want to do first, which is holiday movie, then Phil Santa Claus. So, but I think I think the final one of the year should be the holiday one. So I would say do Santa Claus next right, week. Right? Okay, Tim Allen, the you, Santa Claus. Yeah. next week. You okay with that? You're, have you seen it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, oh, this is a family favorite of my. Of, it's good, isn't it? I love the Santa Claus. We'll get into and that. And it's got some good week. music, if I remember rightly. But I've not seen it in a few years, so. <laughs> I think that's going to be fun as well. But what do they have to do now, Alex? Well, now you've got to go onto your phone if you have an mm-hmm. iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if they don't have a phone? Get what a phone. They, okay, so buy a phone. Buy a phone. Get a, cal- the- get a calculator? Does a calculator yeah. work? Sign up for iCloud. Okay, sign up for iCloud. Yeah, okay. <laughs> go onto the Apple Podcast. Fees. You can find us on the Apple Podcast app and you can give us a cheeky little five-star rating. Could and- they make a phone? Well, if you have the Out skill to make small, a phone, you could. What about small rocks? Small rocks. Oh, you can't do it in small rocks. I tried yesterday. Sand, silicon. So silicon chips. You're gonna need it. You're gonna need a mass industrial plant. You're gonna need years worth of R and D tech research, applied sciences. You're gonna need. So okay, make a pen and paper. Okay, keep going, Alex. Right. Keep going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Are, are you, so you're writing down the instructions. Yeah, you? I'm. I'm just covering okay, off. So okay. I'll so read back. Once, once you've done everything that Callum will send out in the mass email to our whole listener base, you've made the phone. You've subscribed. You've, you've, you've done made all an that. You've done, you've done all that. Yeah. Go into go into Apple Podcast. Give us a five. Well, oh, you have rating. to make Apple Podcast, don't you? You do. You okay, do. Okay. Cool. Thing. <laughs> go into Apple Podcast. Give us a five star rating, and you can also leave us a review if you want. And if you don't want, you can also tell us your favorite movie tell us your favorite movie soundtrack and you can also find us on spotify and loads and loads of other places that you find podcasts we also have an email address as well which incidentally was where we got our the idea for doing grease this week yeah wasn't it? exactly it was, yeah so, so we get some great emails that come through and we've had a few i think the the the, the best one from the email that came through was was when we did Pitch Perfect. I was thinking, oh yes. I, I edited out that little pause there, but I couldn't remember the movie. It was ultimately uh, really memorable. Uh, but yeah, the email is motionspod at gmail.com. and you can get us there. You can get us on the gram. You can get us on Facebook. Um, and that's and that's it. And you can you can leave us a lovely review. And I don't have one at the moment. Um, but I but I've got actually here's one now. And this one is from Fran. And Fran just says fun. Great. So that thank you. That, that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> concise yeah, exactly. concise i love that nice, brevity nice. is key speaking of which let's get the fuck out of here yeah, thank you very not? much for listening everyone we'll see you again next week all right guys ta-ta they, they, they also have to make a rating system they also have to make a rating system to put into the phone app you've got to create the concept of five stars 
you've got to then create a format where you can put in random text. You've got natural language programming and then tie that with machine algorithm and then ultimately create a full AI platform. And that's and that's what you've got to do. So once you've done all that, everyone, just make sure I'm added all this. To, it, it'll come out in the email. It'll come out in the email. <laughs>